Welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Amen. Stand to your feet with me tonight as we read from the text found in Luke chapter 10. I've titled tonight's message, He's Coming Soon. Right in alignment with the direction of our ministry this year. And I probably can say that the urgency is beginning to be sensed as we fast and pray as a ministry worldwide. Luke chapter 10, beginning verse 1. The Word of God says, Now after these things the Lord appointed seventy others and sent them two and two before His face into every city and place, whither He Himself was about to come. And he said unto them, The harvest indeed is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs in the midst of the wolves. Carry no purse, no wallet, no shoes, and salute no man on the way. And into whoever's house you shall enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon him. But if not, it shall return to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house, and into whatever city you enter, they receive you, eat such things are set before you. And heal the sick that are there, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is coming near unto you. But into whatever city you shall enter and receive you not, go in, out into the streets, therefore, and say, Even the dust from your city that cleaveth to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God is coming near. I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which were done in you, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, but it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, shall thou be exalted unto heaven, it shall be brought down unto Hades. And he that heareth you heareth me, and he that rejecteth you rejecteth me, and he that rejecteth me rejecteth him that sent me. Let's pray. Father, I pray for your anointing and your Holy Spirit to speak to all of our lives here tonight. We truly believe and sense that there's a shifting taking place in the spiritual realm as well as here in the natural. Let us continue to shift and move in that third wave anointing that you've called us to be a part of as the descendants of this ministry. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Say, he is coming soon. You may be seated. There are so many things taking place in the Philippines right now. I would love to share all of it with you, but I got to get into this word. What I can say is that since we've come out of the COVID lockdown of two years of having service online, now there's an evangelistic spirit that has just begun to explode in our church, within our youth, hello somebody, and within our homes. Every Just last week, it was raining really hard, just like it was here. And I was so blessed to see the videos of our men's home who came out of their own pocket money 
to feed some homeless people in the streets, to be out there to minister, rain or shine. Can I get an amen? When we left the church, we, it was really hard to leave this time because now that the spirit of evangelism and soul winning has begun to break loose, our church is now 60% more new people, and they're all new babes in Christ. Hello, somebody. There is a revival taking place in the leaders and in the people of our church in San Pedro Laguna. And I want to challenge you that we need to really get a hold of this time of prayer and fasting right now. Because I believe 2023 is going to bring about a revival such as never been seen before. We've seen here in the scripture that... The Lord is using this portion to begin to send out the 70 people, the disciples, two by two. And he was sending them out to, to perform miracles, to pray for the sick, and to be involved in the work of the ministry. Basically, also, he sent them before him to prepare the way so that as he would come through those cities, that the people would be ready, ripe, and, and ready to receive his message as he would preach to them. You see, the number 70 was very important because they were 70 as just the, the choice of the 12 disciples. The 70 here had a good representation of the 12 patriarchs of the, of the Israelite nation. The 70 people that were appointed as leaders over the people of God in Moses' time. So when we see here that this 70 being sent out was also a good representation, a representation that God was getting ready to release a new leadership, a new anointing, a new deliverance ministry, a new healing ministry, and he wasn't just going to use Jesus, the Son of God, but he was ready to pass the mantle to the next generation. I don't know about you, but that gets me excited. Because when I came into Victory Outreach, there was, a, there was a transitionary period where United We Can was launched, and we were talking about church planning, and all I knew was I thank God that I, God delivered me from 15 years of addiction, that God brought me into the men's home, and as I went in the men's home, God began to give place a calling and a burden in my life, a hardened heart that was hardened by pride, by all kinds of things that happened in the world, but God was faithful to deliver me and set me free, but not only that, he began to give me a heart of passion and as that passion started to grow what happened was there was a transference of the anointing upon my life that all I knew is that I didn't know how to sing I didn't know how to dance but all I knew is that I knew how to love on people So there was a transference. This was a window of just like from Moses to the 70 elders. He was passing the mantle of leadership to them. Jesus was also using this as an example for us today to say that there was a time of transference, a time of shifting, a time for the next generation to move forward with the calling. You see, these 70 are those that were there for a long time, they were there who Peter speaks of, the men who accompanied with us to the time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. They were there watching and just learning and receiving and, and, and continuously following the Lord Jesus. They weren't mentioned by name. They weren't put in a place where the 12 disciples were, but they were always there as Jesus was coming in and out of the crowd. Their work and the business that they were called to do he began to send them out two by two, that they might strengthen and encourage one another. If one fall, the other will help them raise up. 
What I see nowadays in the generation that God is raising up in the third wave generation, I see this very spirit happening today. That one begins to fall, that the other brother or sister that knows and recognizes is there to help strengthen, to encourage, not to tear down, not to ridicule, but to continue to build up. How many know there's an encouraging spirit taking place within our ministry? There's a spirit of encouragement, and today we've got to begin to look at that, the fact that God wants to begin to unfold this anointing. He commissioned them to go two by two for the purpose of accountability, for the purpose of strengthening. When I am weak, they are strong. But then he also gave them a few things that they had to do. Number one, to heal the sick. When you begin to study the Word of God, you begin to see that in the last days, the generation that God's going to raise up are going to start to see signs and wonders. And we have a promise in Victory Outreach that our descendants shall begin to inherit the desolate places. Hello, somebody. There's a lot of cities that I travel through that have not had a Victory Outreach banner placed in the soil yet. There's a big need around the world that there are a lot of desolate cities, those cities that have been forgotten, those cities that have been tossed aside, the people that live in those cities that nobody really counts on or nobody looks at or even remembers. But I want you to know that as I travel the world, I continue to see the need. And the need that is out there is greater than the harvest that we can see in our very own backyard. And I truly believe that God wants us to begin to tap into the Holy Spirit's anointing. It's not a time just to brush up on good preaching. It's not a time just to hone our speaking skills or be an, I'm not a very good eloquent speaker. God knows that. In fact, I'm kind of shy unless I get up here where the anointing takes over. I am. I'm a shy guy. Ask my wife. She does all the talking. But the truth is, is that in the latter days, signs and wonders shall be done by our children's children. And we got to begin to realize that the only way that's going to happen is when there's going to be a refreshing and a reviving and a renewal of the Holy Spirit's anointing. That same anointing that's been on our founders from generation to generation, that pioneering anointing that was upon his life as he was hitting the streets of Los Angeles in the early years of our ministry, that he would go and he would begin to speak and drug addicts would begin to listen and they would begin to be challenged in their hearts to say, if God can deliver him, then God can deliver me. And I I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give God a chance. And that same anointing that when you go out to the streets, you don't have to be an ex-heroin addict. You don't have to be an ex-meth addict. You don't have to be all that. Hello, somebody. God knows when I went to Dublin, Ireland, I had never used heroin in my life by God's grace. I wasn't that kind of addict. I was a meth monster. That's the best way to say it. Because I was raised in a, in, a, in a household of meth addicts. So when I went to Dublin, Ireland, a country ridden with heroin addiction, where people are just standing on the corner almost falling over, all I knew was that I had to continue to listen to the testimony of what God did in Pastor Sonny's life. 
how Nikki Cruz cornered him and began to pray over him and declare healing upon his life and how many know what God did in his life, God is able to still do today because when I was there in Dublin, Ireland, all I had was this little room and I was, we were bringing heroin addicts in from the street and all I could do was just begin to pray, God, what you did for Pastor Sonny, I know you can do it for them and I'll tell you today, I'm a testimony that God began to heal those heroin addicts. They would wake up and they would be wondering, why am I not sick? Why am I not feeling the pain? Why am I not going through it? What happened? What did you do to me? And I said, all I did was call upon the name of the Lord. So God wants to raise up a generation that you don't have to have that testimony. Our sons and our daughters don't have to have that testimony. Our descendants don't have to have that testimony. So you don't need to go out there to build a testimony so you can come back. No. God says, listen, I can move the mountains. I can level the, make the crooked places straight. I can cut through the bars of iron. I can begin to remove all the obstacles, and I can do what I did back then. I can do it today. Come on, give God some glory today because our God is ready to unleash an anointing upon your life. God is ready to unleash and pass that mantle unto you today. We need to really tap in in this time of prayer and fasting, in this time of having the prayer summit. Sometimes we take for granted the opportunities and the windows God opens before us. Sometimes we, we serve God and we go to church and we begin to take, take advantage and forget the gratitude we should have for having a place of worship. The gratitude as we walk in this place that I, I, this is God's house and I'm a, I'm a son of the house here today. You see, I come from a third world country where, you know, having a church building and having all of the high technology and all those things sometimes doesn't come easy. So the people, when they get it, they appreciate it. They, they, they really are grateful for it. And because of that, they begin to take care of it. They begin to look after it. They study the, what they got to study so they can get better at using it. Because most of them came from a, a lifestyle just as me, a very poor and a, and, a, and a lifestyle where we didn't have a lot growing up. But how many know that God is blessing the people in the Philippines now? That now they're the ones supporting our recovery home. They're the ones taking and blessing the recovery home. We're not out there really working too much. We're just having the Holy Ghost hospital as they come in. They learn how to take care of the house. They learn how to pray. They learn how to fast. They learn how to get in their word. They learn how to get out there and hit the streets. All they know is to learn how to do what God called them to do. And because of that, the people of God that God is raising up, the church there says, listen, these are our people. These are the sons of the house, so we need to take care of them. When the city of Manila wanted us to take over the city rehab, I had to say no. I had to say no because I look at the history and the things that have happened and took place over the years. I didn't want to, I wanted to learn from the past so that we can build a stronger and a better future. So today, our church, we're, we've entered into an agreement with the city of San Pedro where now they're, the, the, because of the war on drugs in the Philippines, they have allowed us to be at the table. We are the advisors to the mayor and to the police force so that there doesn't have to be any killings in our streets. 
But not only that, but after they finish and they go through our, our men's recovery home or they come to our church, because even right now, they're releasing them straight from the jail and they are, are being committed to six months of being in Victory Outreach Church. Because the city recognizes that we've been there. We've been there for more than 20 years. We've been serving the community of the people of that nation for 20 years. And we have a lot of success stories testifying to them that there is a miracle working God. And God is using Victory Outreach Ministries to change lives, to help the people of our nation. And if the, the killing them is not the answer, but loving them and giving them the gospel, that's the way. So now we run our program and they just continue to send us the souls. You see, we got to know that just like Jesus commissioned these people to go and to heal the sick, we are also called in, in our own backyard to do the same thing. You don't have to be a missionary because your mission field is at your job, in your community, in the Chino area. Your mission field is wherever God begins to tell you to walk. Your, your Bible says wherever your steps are, God has given you the promise. He's given you the promise. So you got to enter into, just like Jesus said, this is only going to happen through prayer. He told them they must set out in prayer in verse 2. They must look about and they got to begin to open their eyes and see how great the harvest is before them. That there is an abundance of people out there. You see, we, 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 we know the need is out there. We hear about the reports and the testimonies from Africa and from Latin America and now even from Asia. And we're here to just challenge your hearts to begin to get into the spirit of prayer so that God can begin to remove the blinders from our eyes and we can begin to see that the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. He told them they need to apply themselves to have that deep concern for those precious souls. Looking upon, the, and, and, and instead of looking upon the riches of this world, instead of being so wrapped up in, in their lifestyles and the way that they're living, how many know that my wife and I have answered the call? We put God first, and God was been faithful to our household and to our family. When I was in Dublin, Ireland, on my first missionary trip, I had nobody in my family. All of them were addicts and knucklehead bikers. Hello somebody but God began to shift in the spiritual realm because when I answered the call to be a missionary that was my heart and concern but what about my family God what how am I going to be able to share the gospel and be with them he said in Acts chapter 16 31 just trust in me and you and your household shall be saved we got to walk and live in the word of God church we got to walk and apply the word of God in your workplace, in your household, in your families. You got to begin to live the word of God because what happens when you begin to live and apply it, it comes alive and God begins to work for you. While I was 7,000 miles away in Dublin, Ireland, starting a recovery home for men there in that country, my drug addict, meth addict mother got saved and delivered and walked into a Victory Outreach church. She didn't even need the recovery home. She walked into that church, and ever since then, she has not touched any drugs. She hasn't drank any alcohol. She hasn't smoked any cigarettes. Not only that, but she's a, a prayer warrior in the spirit. She's been faithful to that church. She's a faithful tither, a faithful giver. God works for you when you begin to work for him. 
Number two, they also got to set out with an, an expectation of trouble and persecution. Uh-oh, here he goes. You got to be ready for war. You got to, you know, the devil's not just going to give up cities for you. Right? He's not going to just give up a territory for you. Your unsaved knucklehead co-workers, right? You need to start praying and fasting for their salvation. Because there's always going to be a fight before there's a victory. There's no victory without the battle. So today he says, behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst the wolves. But go your way and resolve it the best, resolve it in my way, in other words. To make the best of it. God has not failed us as missionary pastors. God has provided for us for the last 27 years I've been a nonprofit prophet. Since I walked into the home, God has been faithful. He has been faithful to provide for my daughter's education, a private school education. He was faithful to provide when I got COVID and almost died in the hospital. One week in the hospital, almost $10,000 later, God was faithful. I didn't know how much it's going to cost, but how many know that I just had to pray? So the first day I entered that hospital, I can barely breathe. I can barely go to the, to the bathroom on my own. But as I knew is that my weapon is worship. It's always been my weapon, worship. That's always been my weapon. In my prayer closet, in my time with God, worship's always been my weapon. And that's how I know that the Lord begins to fight my battles. And when I did, when I got in that hospital room, all checked in, oxygen mask, barely breathing, I just began to sit on that hospital bed. I told the brother from the home that was there to help me, I said, we got to worship God in this place before anything else. And all with every, every breath in my lung, begin to worship God and give on the honor and glory to God for the healing that was going to take place in my life. And by the next day, I started to breathe a lot better. How many know that God begins to move? And as I sat in that hospital room, seven days later, they don't tell me how much I'm going to pay. And if you don't pay the bill in the Philippines, you ain't getting out of the hospital. You ain't getting out. It's like you're paying your bail, period. So the last day, last minute, the final bill comes, and God moved on people's hearts around the, the outreach to pray for me. And then little by little, people were sending love gifts here and there. And every single peso that was sent to us, dollar, peso, whatever, but it's a peso over there, was just enough to pay the bill to get me out. I am not, it, not more, not less, just enough. God has been working for miracles like that for us for the last 20 years in the field. He's been faithful. And I'm going to testify how, and continue to share with the, with the next generation that, listen, you just got to step out. Like my wife said, you can't always figure out plan A to Z. You got to be ready. But how many know we come up from a ministry of fighters? Oh, I don't know if Chino hears me right now. I only got a few more minutes, so we got to, we come from a ministry of fighters. When there's an assault against your life, do you gonna, are you going to sit down and take it? 
How many know there's been an assault against your life? There's been an assault against our people that are still out there in the streets, strung out on drugs. That's an assault against our people because they're the promise of God for our church, for our ministry. And so we got to begin to know that, listen, as we get ready to go out to the other nations, that God is going to begin to give us a spirit, uh, not a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You see, I got a mind, my mind is made up, and my heart is set that I'm going Jesus all the way. When I made that decision 27 years ago, I'm not turning back. I'm never turning back. And I'm going to continue to trailblaze and go forward. Whatever the Lord's will is, we continue to say, listen, let not me, but let your Holy Spirit go before us and do what you got to do. I better move on here. Praise the Lord. You see, they must not also, he told them, don't encumber yourselves with a load of provisions. As if they're going to go on a long voyage, but depend upon God every day of their life. He is our daily bread. God would use their friends to provide any convenience for their lives. He said, don't take purse, money, don't take any knapsack, clothes, or, or anything else. He said, go, and don't also greet people on the way. In other words, you have a vision, you have a purpose. Keep your eyes set on the plan that God has for your life. Don't get distracted. Don't get diverted. But let the plan and the vision of this house and of your pastors and of our ministry be the direction of your life personally. Don't let the enemy distract or divert your your path. Then also he said to show the people goodwill. You see... Wherever we go, we bring God's peace with us. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, the last part of this text that I read was very important because the last part is pointing out the judgments of God against those who will reject the message. If you enter into a city and they don't receive you, if there be none there disposed to hearken to your doctrine, leave them. And if they will not give you welcome into their houses, do not give them warning in the streets. He begins to give them orders again. Say to them, not with rage or scorn or resentment, but with compassion to their poor perishing souls. You see, that's the key because sometimes when people reject what we're trying to offer them, we take it personal. We take it personal and we feel like they're rejecting us. But we have to remember they're not just rejecting us. He said as they reject you, they're rejecting me. And not only that, but they're rejecting the one who has sent me. So don't take it personal. Continue to have a compassion that when they reject, look at the judgment that they're facing. We should begin to have a passion and a burden for their lives because the end result is not going to be good for them. And he mentions these cities that had, he had already passed through. He had done miracles, signs, and wonders, and he begins to mention the cities of these, of these people who are not of the Israelite nation, as I can get the worship team come on up. But we have to begin to know that this is the end times that we live in. Sometimes we take for granted that every day we wake up is a gift from God. 
I've been serving God 27 years, and I've been in those seasons where I just wake up, and it was just, you know, another day, and I'd say my prayers, but the true sincerity in my heart, that attitude of gratitude that I had the opportunity to wake up, that I have another opportunity to lead another soul to Christ, that I have another opportunity to give my wife a kiss or, or to encourage my daughter in her calling, that I have another opportunity. Sometimes we take for granted the fact that 27 years ago I was on my way to jail or to prison or to death because when I came into this ministry I was halfway dead already. No future, no hope, no life, just despair and hopelessness. But because God had called me out of darkness and gave me the opportunity to be in such a ministry like Victory Outreach, I don't care what kind of drama or what kind of uh, a business is going on around me. I'm staying focused, just like Jesus told them, stay focused on the purpose that I have upon your life. Don't let anybody else begin to distract you or divert you just because they don't always understand you. Hello, somebody. Because you're always going to get misunderstood when you're doing the call and the purpose of God. Because many times the natural mind ain't going to understand the steps that God has ordained for you. The cross that God has called us to bear is your cross. It's my cross. But I'm not going to understand the cross God called you to carry. I'm not going to understand the purpose God has before you all the time. So we as a ministry, we need to start building one another up, beginning to encouraging one another, loving one another, lifting one another up so that we can begin to see that the descendants of this ministry will begin to inherit the desolate places and that the plan and purpose of our founder can come to pass. You come to the Philippines, you're going to see a harvest. You're going to see a harvest. It will change your life. You'll see the potential and something will change inside of you. I was so blessed to see just last week our first new gen service. Six months ago our new gen was probably a few kids. But over the last month and a half, we have about 30 new kids. All new gen. Our young adults are on fire for God. They're all taking their place and they're all answering the call. We have our first licensed Filipino pastor in the history of the Philippines. Ever since day one, there has never been a licensed minister in this ministry yet. But he did what he had to do. He got into Veti. He did all that he had to do. And he, he was serious about the call of God. And he's also serious about whatever God wants. He's ready to answer the call. Why? Because there is Jesus, then there was the 12, but then there was the 70. The 70 includes all of us in this room. we got to remember there's an extension of the anointing for all of us to operate in. God has called you to be fruitful. God has called you to have that compassion. The next time you see a homeless individual, don't pass them by. Stop by. You don't have to always just give them money. Talk to them. Witness to them. Share the good news with them because you never know where they're coming from. You never know where they've been. How many can say amen? The next time you're passing somebody in the foyer, stop and talk to somebody you ain't talked to yet because you never know. One word can change their direction in life. Come on, Victory Outreach family, stand to your feet right now.
miracle after miracle, sign after sign. I can sit here all night long, but I want you to just understand that God has written a story in your path. He has written a story in the time for the 70 is now. The time for the 70 is today in this ministry. I'm going to say amen. It's time. God is coming soon. We see it all around us. The signs are coming, passing. We don't know how long, but if the Lord tarry, we still got another day of opportunity, another window of opportunity to see somebody else plucked from the darkness and brought into God's kingdom. Come on, lift your hands right now. Let's begin to worship God, church. It's time for that transitional anointing to come. I'm a part of the Joshua generation, but I'm also still a part of this third wave because I got a lot more years to go. But I know my calling. Are you comfort? Are you ready for your calling? Lift your hands. Let God begin to move because there's going to be a transference of a missionary anointing in this place. A mission field could be in your backyard. I don't know. It could be 7,000 miles away. I don't know. But one thing is for sure, I'm a missionary, period. And I want to begin to transfer that anointing God has put on my life to your life tonight. Lift your hands. The altars are open for those of you who say, today I want to be a part of that 70. I want to be a part of the, the generation, the descendants. I want to be a part of that 70 that begin to see signs and wonders. I want to see a greater work done in and through my life. The altars are open. Come on up here. Let the Holy Spirit work with you. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.